0: Hi everyone, welcome back to TTT, the Talking Transport Transformation podcast, brought to you by TUMI, the Transformative Urban Mobility Initiative. In many rural areas of Zambia, women are responsible for life-sustaining tasks like transporting food and water to their homes daily. Usually most trips are made on foot, which can be time-consuming and exhausting. But one man is trying to offer an even better solution. And that is affordable and robust bicycles. These bikes help in empowering women because with a bicycle, they are able to move freely and independently. But how do women in rural areas get access to bicycles in the first place? This is actually one of the questions we are going to discuss today. And for that, we are very happy to have Weissen Lungu on our Tumi podcast. Weissen is the founder and CEO of Onyx Connect Zambia. An organization providing affordable bikes to underserved rural communities in the country. And these bikes are having a massive impact. But let's hear from Weissen himself now.
1: Hi Weissen, thank you so much for being here with us today.
2: Hi, Laura. It's my pleasure being with you today. Um, Yeah, very, very, very excited. Thank you.
1: I'm really happy to dive deeper today into your work you do with your company, Onyx Connect in Zambia. And you're selling bikes, right? To kick off, how did you come up with the idea of providing bicycles to local communities in Zambia?
2: All right. Thank you very much. Um, uh, That's a very, very, very important question. So basically, I have uh, a telecoms background uh, of about 10 years. I used to work for one of the largest telecommunications companies in Zambia called Airtel. I was a sales and distribution manager um, uh, for the the whole country. So part of my work required me to do site rollouts. And most of these sites were in the rural areas and also uh, to make sure that we can have uh, rural customers, particular um, uh, remote uh, areas and location. So one of the trips I had to one of the remotest parts um, in the in the country called is in the farmost part of Zambia called Kaputa. Uh, in order for you to reach Kaputa, you actually have to pass through a valley, and this valley is infested with you know animals, you know elephants, lions, um, rhinos, giraffes. Uh, everything that you can you can name. You can name. Uh, so what happened is that one of the trips that I took, uh, I was using a 4x4, and unfortunately I had all four tires blown out uh, on my vehicle. Now you can imagine I was in the middle of nowhere, no one in sight. I think we had to wait almost about five to six hours before we actually saw somebody who was on a bicycle with a patient uh, they were trying to take that patient to the nearest um, health center, which was about uh, almost maybe 75 kilometers or so. So I had to flag this person up and ask them if he could help us where I can just to take me to a place where I can make a phone call so that way I can get help. And the person said, "Listen, I have to take the patient first. When I'm done, that's when I'll come back." So it took another another six, seven hours before they could come back, and finally they took me to where I could make a phone call to ask for help. And that became a light bulb for me. I was like, wow, how do these people move from one particular place to the other? So I realized that actually mobility was a bigger challenge, especially in the rural areas. And that's where the the Onyx concept of mobility and bikes and um, uh, um, e-bikes actually started from. And this was in 2010.
1: This sounds really like a horrible accident, um, but I'm glad that you realized just the importance of transportation in rural areas and you said you came up with that idea in 2010 and how did you then start your company?
2: Yeah so in 2010 when I came up with this idea it was something which I needed to think about and see how exactly I would be able to do it and I also had other career aspirations other than actually working in formal employment and also working for big corporations because one of the things is that um, um, uh, I wanted to do was I wanted to see how I could help in whatever that I'm going to do in the future to be able to bridge the gap between the haves and the have-nots. So this is uh, urban versus rural. And there's a quite a huge divide, especially in Africa, when you look at what the people in the rural areas have access to compared to the people in the urban, in the urban areas. So in my thoughts, I say, listen, time when the time comes for me to leave for my employment, I want to be in the mobility mobility industry. That was something which I had already made up my mind. So after working for Airtel uh, for about eight years, in 2018, I decided to actually leave uh, my good job. I mean, it was a good, well-paying job. I couldn't complain. But I think I had a much more bigger calling uh, of trying to help people in the rural areas, especially uh, with mobility. Uh, because at the center of any social and economic development, the first thing a person has to do, they have to move from one particular place to, the, to another, uh, depending on what they want to do on that particular day, on that particular week or particular month. So basically that's how, um, I, in 2018, I registered uh, Onyx Connect, and uh, basically, uh, that was in February um, uh, on the 19th um, uh, of February 2018. And then we started operation in December. Uh, and by then, I had already kind of uh, uh, looked at different people that would be able to to support uh, uh, my vision of trying to bring mobility to the rural areas in Zambia. And my, uh, our first uh, people that actually really wanted to see how the mobility would go because we wanted to make sure that we can validate some of uh, the assumptions uh, that, we, that, that I thought about uh, in the mobility sector. Some of the assumptions were if we introduced a pay-as-you-go a bike in, in small incremental payments, would that be accepted? So we needed to validate that. And if we introduced this exclusively to women, would the women um, uh, adopt it. Uh, also, we wanted to validate um, uh, uh, do, how, how would be the appetite uh, for mobility, especially for women in the rural area. So these are some of the examples that we wanted to validate. And uh, at that time, uh, FCDO, which was uh, DFID, um, uh, supported uh, ONEX uh, by providing um, uh, pilot uh, f- uh, funding, uh, seed funding, uh, so we 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 started in 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 twenty eighteen, December, and yeah, we're still going strong now.
1: <laughs> this is great to hear. And it's also great to hear how you started your entrepreneurial side um with your different background before. Um, with you with the work you do now, you said you're also targeting women especially. And if I'm not mistaken, women on a bike in Zambia is not that common in rural areas, isn't it? Women are often the family's breadwinners, you could say. And um, could you tell us a bit more about how providing bicycles helped, yeah empower women? What is the impact on their mobility behavior?
2: Actually, Laura, the impact is huge. I wish the world understood what mobility means. Um, for everyone uh, in this world, and especially women who are marginalized, who are segregated, who are excluded uh, in, in some of these very important economic and social agenda, including climate change. So I'll go into some specifics, giving you some specific examples in terms of the impact. So access to mobility for women is really a challenge because most of these women they can be housewives or they can be entrepreneurs. Uh, they can they can have whatever form you can think of, but having access to mobility is very difficult because um, uh, mobility in terms of bicycles uh, uh, or even motorcycles or even cars are very expensive. So they are beyond the reach of these people. So I'll give an example, and uh, most of these people are, are women. Uh, they make less than two dollars a day. So you can imagine how much. Uh, in terms of financial resources they require in order for them uh, just to own a bike. And another thing to note is that when you look at a bicycle in the rural area, a bicycle is a catalyst. It unlocks unlimited potential, uh, not only at the household level, but also at the community level and also at the national level. Why do I say that? Uh, The first one is that most of these women, in order for them, I'll give an example, Women are the breadwinners in the rural areas, even in urban areas. They are the people that wake up at 0-4 in the morning to prepare uh, their children for going to school. Uh, They have to go and draw water. The average distance for a woman in the rural areas to draw water is about five kilometers. I mean, that is, you can imagine the amount of effort they go through just to go and draw water. After they have done that... In the morning, around 6, they need to go to their fields where they need to go and cultivate so they can grow, you know, your maize, your cassava, your soya beans. And all these particular activities require somebody to move from one place to the other. So you can imagine the huge impact a bicycle has uh, when you provide it uh, to women. Because women are the breadwinners. Women are the ones that um, take care of society. Women are the ones that make sure that children go to school. Women are the people that make sure things are grown and they are sold in the market. So these are just some of the basic things which women do. So I'll give you a typical example. In 2019, we provided uh, 133 bicycles to a women's group in Southern Province in Zambia, uh, in the areas of Kalomo and Zimba. And in, in that year, in 2019, going into the 2020 season, Zambia experienced a drought in in, in southern province. Now, you can imagine if these people did not have the bicycles that we provided for them, the 133 bicycles, basically they would have died from hunger. So because of the bicycles we provided, they were able to ride as far as 30, 40 kilometers just to go and look for wild fruit uh, in the forests, which they can use for them to eat on a daily basis. They would go to look for mushrooms that just grow naturally uh, in the wild. Uh, But these are 40, 50 kilometers away just to look for these mushrooms. So you can already see the transformational effect of a bicycle. And I'm talking about this. This is like real, real, real time. So without the bicycles, without the, the, the support to provide mobility for these women... You know they would have lost a life. An example, another example, I would be able to give you uh, in Central Province in Zambia. There's a there's a there's a place called Liteta. Liteta basically is uh, like a small town, but Liteta has a what they call a level one hospital. So there are people, uh, especially mothers who are pregnant, who have been dying before they even reach Liteta hospitals because they have to they have to travel on foot a distance of about 50 to 75 kilometers. So you can imagine the kind of devastation. In this 21st century, we can't have women who are pregnant dying because they cannot access antenatal service. You know, So these are some of the, the, the real significant impact that bicycles provided. So we provided uh, about 12 bicycles uh, to these women in, uh, in the Riteta area. To enable them when they are due to deliver, say, within a month's time, they are transported using a bike to the nearest uh, health center and they can wait uh, maybe a few weeks until they deliver so that way they have a safe delivery and they are delivering in a health institution. So these are some of the huge, huge impact that we are doing, the difference that we are making uh, by providing uh, bicycles. And now we are also going into providing uh, e-bikes and also for the farmers, we're trying to incorporate uh, e-cargo bikes that will have chillers, so that way they can preserve their milk uh, uh, for them to make sure that they they are able to to, to deliver the milk to the milk collection centers uh, when it's still fresh.
1: Wow, this sounds really like a transformational effect you are describing. I can really imagine how important the access to health is, and yeah, what an impact uh, your bikes have on. The women's lives. Um, just to imagine for us, how do you ensure that especially low-income households have access to your bicycles?
2: Yeah, so basically what we do is that, um, because I, I mean I've been working in the rural areas from my telecoms side of work uh, when I was in the, in the telecoms industry in the FMCG also just having interaction with, with people in the, in the rural area. So we understand. So most of the, the challenges which the rural areas have is that their income is very seasonal. It's very seasonal because uh, they depend on, on the normal rains. Uh, like right now, it's a rainy season which starts from about October and ends in April. So this is the time when they grow different crops and when they harvest in around May, June, July, August, that's where they have disposable income which they can use for repayment. So basically what we do is, um, as Onyx, because now we understand exactly the dynamics that play in the rural areas, we have what we call a cross-subsidy model. So basically we have tied up uh, our bicycle business with uh, some of the large corporate companies in the urban areas. We target their employees who live more than three kilometers away from their workplace, so they need mobility to go to work on time. So we, we are able to provide these um, large uh, uh, employer-based organization our bicycles, and we collect the money via payroll deduction, and it's 100% recovery. So we have no default there. So the monies that we receive uh, from these non-defaulting uh, uh, employee-based deductions, uh, part of that money is the one we use to buy now bikes, which we now take to the rural uh, women uh, in the rural areas. Because there, uh, the repayments are much, much longer. Instead of them paying within six months to 12 months, they pay up to 24 months, very, very small amounts, uh, as low as $10 um, uh, per month. The reason for that is that, one, we are able to recover the money when the, 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 seasonal, the seasonality is at its peak, where they have harvested, they have sold, their, their agricultural produce and then they can be able to pay us what they, what, what they can afford as much as they can. And then in the, in the non-peak season, uh, what we have done now is that we, we now accept uh, what we call uh, payments, uh, not in form of cash, but in form of commodities. So they be able to give us, uh, when the time comes for repayments, they're able to give us maize uh, in place of money, they're able to give us cassava, they're able to give us soya beans, they are able to give us rice, so whatever that they grow is what we now exchange. And when we get those commodities, we are able to sell them to off-takers uh, such as millers or brewing companies, you know, that make beers and other things. So that has really, really worked for us, and we we have had no challenge uh, uh, in terms of payment. So where these uh, women uh, have disposable cash between uh, May. And August or September, we are able to collect um, um, that cash, the the non-peak season. Then now we are able just to get um, uh, exchange uh, with commodities. So basically, that's how the program is now uh, working. We also um, introduced uh, rental. So basically, we have women farmers that grow different crops, and they need to transport them, say, from... um, from an average distance of about 15 to 20 kilometers. So they can be able to rent uh, our bike. Then we are introducing, starting next month, uh, e-cargo bikes. They can rent that bike for like a dollar. They use that bike for the whole day. So they are able to ferry their, their perishables, you know, your tomato, your onion, uh, your vegetables to the, to the nearest market. They are able to sell there. Those that um, um, uh, produce milk, they are able to produce the the milk throughout the day and take it to the milk collection center uh, where they go and sell it. The reason for that also is that they are able to deliver multiple times during the day. And like when they do not have a bike, uh, they only deliver first thing in the morning and that's it. So now, where they deliver only before, they used to deliver about 20 liters of milk, now they are able to deliver 100 liters. Uh, of milk because they are able to do that uh, using the bike. So the rental model has actually worked very well. And then also in the rural areas there are other players who are in the renewable energy who are who are basically renting out solar uh, powered batteries and these batteries are heavy. So most of the the rural uh, women or people uh, it's difficult for them to carry a battery for like 5 to 10 kilometers uh uh it's really a challenge, so they rent uh our bike and they are able to carry that uh battery uh taking it to their home so they can power their their house with simple electricity and they can charge their mobile phones and other small accessories so basically that's what we are we are currently doing
0: mm,
1: This sounds like a really well functioning system, I especially like the idea that you um introduce a rental system for your bikes. Could you tell us a bit more about your bikes itself or themselves? Are they special in any way?
2: Yeah, so the bikes have to be very special. Uh, the reason for them being special, one, uh, when you look at the African terrain, it's very different from what you might call the European terrain. I mean, when you go to Frankfurt or you go to Berlin uh, or you go to New York, if you're in the U.S., uh, or you have very robust road infrastructure. Uh, basically from from bikes themselves, uh, and uh, you go to electric scooters, go to motor vehicles, you have speed trains and all that. In the rural areas, none of that is is, is in existence. Uh, basically, it's an open, uh, rugged uh, terrain uh, with a lot of trees, a lot of gravel, stones. Pretty much the terrain is very, very rough. So you need... Um, basically rugged bicycles uh, that can stand the African terrain. So most of the bicycles that we use are Buffalo bicycles, which are made purely for the African terrain. And then also, like I said, we are are introducing uh, e-bikes and e-cargo bikes. And these also will be specifically designed um, uh, with the African terrain in mind. Uh, So we are working with one of our partners, actually from Berlin, called Anywhere.Berlin. They are into uh, e-bikes production. And the e-bikes that they make are basically uh, made for the African terrain. So this is the specialty. And then the specialty also is that we, with these particular uh, bikes, we we make sure that they, they have an increased load capacity. So the dilemma is if any person in the rural areas wants to go somewhere, they have to make sure that they carry everything that they need in order for them not to make multiple trips because the distances are long. So they pretty much overload the bikes. So the Buffalo bike is able to hold in excess of 150 kgs. The e cargo bikes, which we want to introduce, uh, with the chillers, they'll be able to hold probably more than 200 kgs. And this gives uh, the rural people enough room to be able to carry at one go. Uh, what everything that they need so that way they don't have to make multiple, uh, trips because the trips once, once they make the trip, uh, go, coming back is really, really a challenge because of the distances. So basically that's how these bikes are very special. And then of course, when you introduce, uh, e-bikes, it means now that in place of pedaling, instead of the physical pedaling, these people can just uh, ride the bike, uh, without pedaling, which also helps. Because at the end of the day, everybody needs a little bit of energy to be able to do other things other than just use it for cycling. And then when you get to your destination, basically you are tired. So, so that's, that's the specialty and the innovation that we, we, we have introduced. introduced.
1: Mm, this is really cool. Um, do you plan to expand your business in any other African country or do you see any potential for replication?
2: Yeah, this is very, very, very exciting. So my vision, our vision is that uh, we want to be able to sell uh, one million bikes by 2030. And that is in line with meeting some of the sustainable development goals. Uh, probably I can mention one of them and uh, goal number one, We you know, one to eliminate uh, poverty and hunger. Uh, also, uh, you look at the gender divide. So we, we are targeting, you know, SDG 1, 2, uh, 3, 5, uh, 8, and 17, which is mitigation also of, uh, the effect of climate change. Mind you, a bicycle does not provide any emissions. So it's safe for the environment. And then it does not disturb the ecosystem that is already existing in the rural areas, you know, your trees, your streams, your rivers, and whatnot. Uh, so we want to make sure that uh, these are preserved. Now, in terms of uh, uh, replicating this is in, in other countries, Zambia is our first start. And as you might be aware, Zambia is a land-linked uh, country. We are surrounded by eight other countries. And these countries lead us into uh, uh, Southern Africa uh, development um, um, uh, community, SADIC, and also COMESA. And Alone in Southern Africa, through Sadiq and Comesa, we have uh, a customer population of about 400 million customers. So our expansion is that we want also, other than Zambia, we want to go into Malawi, we want to go into Tanzania, we want to go into Africa, uh, we want to go into Namibia, we want to go into Angola. One of the biggest markets is the DRC, Congo. Uh, uh, already in DRC Congo, they have a population of more than 70 million people. So uh, in terms of the, the the business scale and expansion, uh, the sky is a lower limit. And for us even to target 1 million uh, by 2030 is actually a drop in the ocean because all these uh, Saudi countries, the difficulties that they face are very similar. And at the top of the agenda is mobility. You have a population of 60 million people but only 2 million uh, have access to vehicles and access to means of, of transportation. The rest uh, basically have to walk or, or probably cycle. So the, the mobility challenge uh, is quite a huge, huge, huge thing. And for us to be able to, to be the, the, the people that provide uh, and drive the African uh, economic mobility agenda, I think is, is at the heart of what we want to do. At that scale, we are able to transform an entire continent.
1: This sounds like just such a huge potential. It's great to hear that you have such great expansion plans and that you actually reach really high with at least one million bikes by 2030. Just to come to our last question, which piece of advice you, or do you have any tips um, that you would like to give to other entrepreneurs that are interested in starting a company in the mobility field in, in Zambia or another country you just mentioned.
2: Uh, fantastic so uh, before I give the advice I just wanted to mention something uh, which is very very important. So uh, in our drive to reach the 1 million uh, bikes by 2030 we have a couple of operating partners that we, we feel you know we need to work with so they can be able to support us, to reach that goal. Uh, That's why we are talking to GIZ currently right now. So hope they can come to the party and help us, especially with the rural agenda of mobility, because like I said, mobility is a cross-cutting impact and catalyst to unlocking unlimited potential. So other than GIZ, we are currently working with uh, FCDO through the, the UK government aid in Zambia. We are also working with Prospero, uh, we are also uh, working with Impact Capital Africa. We are working with GreenTech from Berlin. We are also uh, working with UNCDF uh, through through Bongo Hive. Uh, just recently, I was in Helsinki in Finland. Uh, we are working also with the Finnish government through the AGS program, uh, as well as uh, Fin partnerships. And, and the reason for, for these different partnerships is that we want also not to be left behind by introducing, uh, we want to introduce innovation and technology such as e-bikes because we believe that these will be a game changer and a catalyst uh, to unlocking uh, a lot of um, um, uh, potential, especially for rural women. Uh, And then to answer your question, uh, the advice uh, basically that I would give uh, to upcoming entrepreneurs is that the, the mobility industry or the mobility business is an is a is an right now is an open uh, space because most people are not playing in this field. Uh, so at some point, one it becomes a niche market. And then the other thing is that uh, when you look at uh, people that want to support the mobility, especially in the rural areas, most investors, most funders look at the rural areas as non-commercially viable. But they forget that that's, if you want to make any meaningful development, social change, climate mitigation, you need to start from the rural areas. Because if those areas are left behind, then what kind of meaningful development and social um, uh, transformation agenda are you achieving? Because you're only concentrating with people that live in the urban areas, which is not fair and which is not right. So for us, we want to make mobility a human right. The reason for it being a human right, because whether you live in the urban areas or in the rural areas, you should be able to have the same access as everybody else. You should be able to have the right to move in order for you to do business. You should be able to have the right to move, to be able to engage yourself in social events or activities. You should be able to have uh, the right to education by making sure that you can attend school, but you are able to go to school because you have the means to use to going to that school. So these are some of the things that we want to see happen. And so I'm encouraging entrepreneurs, does not have to be African entrepreneurs, even European entrepreneurs that want to work with us, to partner with us, or start on their own mobility business or programs in Africa. They are more than welcome because um, uh, us as Onyx, we we are just a very small part in the bigger scheme of mobility and we cannot do it alone. So that is basically my, my advice.
1: Weissen, thank you so much. It's been so great to talk to you and all the points you stressed about the importance of mobility and that you want mobility as a, yeah, actually as a human right, because it's such a foundation for everything else, access to health and access to education for children so they can go to school. It's really good that you stressed on those points. I really think that you do such an amazing job with Onyx Connect and your bikes and many of our listeners, uh, maybe entrepreneurs too in the mobility private sector or change makers in the field of development cooperation can really draw inspiration from your work. Um, So yeah, thanks a lot for your time and thank you for sharing your vision and your experiences with us and all the best for you and speak to you soon.
2: No, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, We're really happy and excited that we could be on this podcast. And then actually today, there's a segment running on the BBC uh, Focus on Africa uh, called People Fixing the World. And Onyx Connect uh, is being featured, uh, where we talk about uh, what what we are doing and what we intend to do uh, in terms of mobility uh, here in Africa. So, uh, yeah, look it out on BBC. I think it's got different time uh, slots that it's is actually playing from today. I think for the next week or so.
1: Cool. We find that and put it in show notes. Thank you, Wison.
0: Thank you. Cheers. bye Thank you, Wison, for sharing the importance of providing bicycles to those living in Zambia. I believe we now have a better understanding of the mobility dynamics within the country and more specifically, the role of women within Zambia. It was really great to hear about how being able to have a bicycle empowers residents to achieve their goals. By the way, before we say goodbye today, allow me a short advertisement on our own behalf. We learned about Weissen and his work through our newly relaunched 2Me Friends Network. 2Me Friends offers a platform for exchange for sustainable mobility companies interested in the German Development Corporation. Through this network, Tumi connects international companies such as Onyx to relevant stakeholders. So if you're interested to learn more about Tumi Friends and also, of course, Onyx Connect, feel free to check out the links in the show notes of this podcast. That's it for now. We hope you all enjoyed today's episode. As always, thanks for tuning in and hear you next time.